Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Unleashing Possibilities podcast. This is Mark, and with me I have Christy. Hello, everyone. All right, so episode 13, jumping right in. Uh, You know, a conversation that we've been having a lot around here at New Pathways is this idea of getting stuck. And how do we get unstuck? And we've just really dove a lot, really deep into this, and this has been something that's been permeating in our workshops and uh, so we're gonna spend some time today really talking more about that about what are some things that we can do to notice when we are stuck and ways to get unstuck Um, but before we do that let's kind of pull back a little bit and talk about maybe an area where we get stuck pretty frequently an area that I know I get stuck pretty frequently yeah I think this idea of getting stuck is part of the human condition we Life is happening, and we are in life, and life comes with challenges. It comes with um, transitions. It comes with problems, and oftentimes we can get stuck right there with life bringing to us or occurring in a way that there's something that we're not wanting to happen, and we can get stuck in the problem that's before us and not want to move forward with it. We're oftentimes grasping at we want things to be the way they were or we want things to be very different from what's happening right now Um, and this problem that perhaps life is presenting as this opportunity for growth and evolution but we can get stuck in the problem trying to find maybe it's resistance to the problem or trying to grasp at a quick solution um, and we start swirling in the problem and we find ourselves stuck there And so it's a very big area to be stuck in life. And when I think about our youth uh, here at New Pathways and all of the crisis and chaos and the way that life is uh, oftentimes feels like it's coming at our youth that really can't sometimes feel like we're getting a toehold on life, that we can crawl out of the problem because the problem keeps coming over and over, whether it be dysfunction in our home or the challenge with teachers or not being able to focus in school or feel smart enough at school and that problem just keeps growing and growing till we're just really stuck in it and then for me Mark I know as mentor I can sometimes get stuck in there with my youth of that the problem doesn't feel like we're moving anywhere in it that we're just swirling in it that nothing's changing and um, I get stuck in the problem with my youth yeah, so whether it's our youth or a mentor, or as mentors, um, that stuckness is very much real. And I love that you brought to us around the whole getting stuck around the problem. And in the problem solving, we can get stuck. Like you said, we can just be quick to grasp, quick to jump on. And you know, I think about as, as, as adults, we are so used to problem solving. We're so used to jumping in. And when you kind of look at it at first glance, it's like, oh yeah, well, that's an important skill set. That one needs. We need to see the problem and then quickly solve it. Um, and there are limitations to that. There are some challenges there. You know, what I think about when you say that is when mentors sign up with New Pathways and we talk about what's the role of mentor, we often say guide, support, someone to nurture, care, notice, um, to bear witness that this youth exists in this world, and to nurture, guide, and walk the journey with them. We never say that the mentor is the problem solver for the youth. As a matter of fact, in our program, we oftentimes um, defer away from that concept. I shouldn't say oftentimes. We do defer away from that concept because we do say in mentor training at retreats that we are not here to save these youth. These youth have inherent 
um, possibility, capacity, resilience. And our job as mentors is to nurture and bring that forward. So this idea that as mentors we can get stuck in the problem solving is our tendency as humans. And our invitation today is to look at a different mindset, a different shift that we can take as mentors that removes us as problem solver and allows us to really hold the space of mentor and support, guide, coach, encouraging, uh, and all of those roles that we embody as mentors when we can step out of being the problem solver, which does not bring about the wholeness and the resilience in our youth. It just takes us into the problem with them. Absolutely. And I think about, you know, when we are in that problem-solving space, it's very easy for us to focus on all the things that are going wrong, and we get stuck there, you know? It's, it's easy to say, oh, what went wrong, and why did it go wrong, and what happened? And we just kind of get into this, this loop and this pattern of focusing on it. Um, we get in this space of rumination, and we just go over and over and over again. Um, and with that, you know, this idea of, as we do that, it just kind of makes the problem bigger and bigger and bigger because we're just stuck in it, we're focusing on it, it magnifies it, and then it feels like it's just bigger than us and we get we just get trapped. Yeah, I mean, you know, the piece of the science that's speaking to is every time we ruminate, we're again reliving the situation in thought, which is also bringing about feelings, um, emotions that are bringing about the chemical kind of response in our body that's also releasing and repatterning or continuing to pattern that same way of solving the problem. And it's a a great example of our distinction of nine dots. Um, If we can stop ruminating long enough to see we're in the box of rumination, can we step outside of where possibility exists? And that's where we start to shift our mindset and become a little less overwhelmed by the problem uh, of making the problem bigger than us and we can shift outside of that box and start to see possibility and realize we are not bigger than the pro- or the problem is not bigger than us and we can begin to navigate and maneuver through it and that's the shift that we're talking about today how do i move from being problem focused to being outcome or solution focused And that shift begins to open possibility, shift energy, uh, shift ways of thinking, ways of being, and shift the release out of the fight, flight, freeze kind of modality into what next smallest step can I take that moves me closer to the goal that I really want and further from the problem. Yeah, so it's that intentional shift, and I love that call out about the intention, though there needs to be that pause, that slowdown, that observance and being with what's present, what's here, instead of just quickly jumping into the problem, what happened, but what am I feeling? What am I noticing? What's happening? Uh, Checking with my youth, like what are they feeling? What are they noticing? What are the thoughts that are going on in their heads? Before we quickly try to jump to a solution, how do we just spend some time being and observing, um, like you said, and then through that process, then we can then start to, to move forward. Yeah, this is so key, Mark, just to pause for a moment around this top concept. I I can tell you as a mentor, my youth brings something to me that is a problem, that she's hurt, um, she's frustrated, she's not doing well in school or whatever, uh, you know, in her journey of four years together. There's been lots of that. And one of the things I found for me as mentor is I have a reaction or a response to that, the protector. I immediately feel so protective of her 
as a human being, but also protective of this vision she has for herself that I can just jump um, like so quick into, well, how are we going to fix it? And I forget to see her first. And so what I think you're, you're bringing to us is this point of choice to shift out of problem into solution or outcome focus requires an intentional pause to say, though, first, let me see the person. And let me just say to her, like, this sounds really frustrating, or this sounds really hurtful, or this sounds really overwhelming, or this sounds really confusion, confusing. What is it you're feeling and experiencing about it? Like, help me understand. So she knows I see her first and foremost, that I can hear her. So when we do get to the solution discussion, it's her voice that's in the solution and not my fix to her problem. And so I love this, what you're bringing is this, what we're talking about is the shift from problem-solving mentality to solution to outcome mentality and the possibility that lives there, but there's a pause in between that shift that requires me to see the person in front of me first. I love that. Yeah, and, and what just came from me when you were talking is, you know, I think about too for some of our mentors who are listening that have been in matched relationships for many years, right? That that relationship starts to, to transform and shift and shape. And, you know, think about my youth. I've been with him for over four years now. And, you know, we don't get to see each other as often as we did before. Um, and yet I sometimes will get caught in that problem-solving space and I'm trying to do it from a distance from him. Mm-hmm. And I just had this really powerful experience with him last month where we came back together and we just really got to be grounded and really just be present with what was going on in his life. But it was something so much different about seeing him, physically being there with him, seeing his body language, hearing the tone of his voice, where I think sometimes we want to have that experience um, in supporting them kind of through text or email or whatever it is. Um, and while, yes, there are definitely some, some times that's needed and important, uh, I think for us, again, to really be present with the youth, there's so much power in physically being with them that um, through that opportunity together, it was able to help us to move forward so much quicker with where we needed to go. Um, but the limitations of technology sometimes can, can create some barriers for us in truly being present and, and allowing us to observe what's, what's here for us. Mark, what stands out for me about that is this idea of um, connection. What you just, what I heard in what you were describing is this power of feeling deeply connected to him and the connection you share when physically in each other's presence to be able to pick up on body language, to have a deeper conversation that I um, know about you that's one then that's more inquiry, more curiosity. And in that inquiry and curiosity and exploration of the conversations where all the possibility exists, it's where the solutions that our youth can actually grasp onto um, and, and start to move into um, exist and certainly technology makes accessibility makes um, uh, kind of just the flow of life happen and we're, we're working in technology but what you're also speaking to is how to recognize that there's place for both in our relationships and in our matches and when it comes to some of the type of problem solving that our youth need it's it begins with connection and if we can acknowledge that, what are the ways we can do that in each other's presence? What are the ways we can generate connection as much as possible through technology that can hold us until we can get into their presence? Um, but really remembering that part of 
the shift in problem solving to solutions, working with youth in poverty and adversity, is about remembering at the fundamental basis of that work is connection, or as we refer to it in our core values here at New Pathways, in relationship. Mm. Yeah, such a powerful reminder. And, you know, you, you hinted on this earlier about, you know, how do we step away from that problem-focused space? It's that shift, that intentional shift to being outcome-focused. And, and I'm thinking, you know, when I first started to think about this concept, and I'm sure some mentors listening right now might be in the same space, of, I think that's what I'm doing. When I'm, when I'm problem-focused, I'm focusing on the outcome, right? I'm, I'm trying to find a solution, I'm trying to look forward. Um, but the question is, what questions are you asking yourself? What are you setting out to answer um, and are you really thinking about what it is that you want or really being with the youth, what it is that they want right. instead of just short-term solving what it is that's right here? What's the bigger picture is a good way that I like to think about it. Yes, I'd love to share this quick example that's happening in with Michelle, my mentee, and I. Um, and, and it was such a, a key piece for me to have this recent realization that I think demonstrates this point you're bringing to us, which is... When our youth presents to us with a problem or challenge and we go into problem solving to find the solution for them because we think as an adult we know what they should be doing, and the truth is many times we do, but they're also human beings that need to have their own experience. So when we're in, here's, the, here's how you solve the problem and telling them, we're actually in rescuer mode. But when we can shift and say first and foremost to the youth, what do you want then we've shifted into the coach role, which is where actual connection can exist. Now, the youth may not know how to get about what they want. They may not even know what they want. But if we listen first and foremost to that question, what do you want? What do you want the outcome to be of this problem you're facing in life? If we listen so intently there, all of the possibilities live there. Even if they say, I don't know. Well, now I know as mentor, my biggest role can be well, here's some possible alternatives. Let's walk through all of them and see which one might interest you most. Or by giving a few alternatives, they now suddenly are thinking of their own possibility of solutions that might fit them better. That's empowerment. And that's where then connection lives is when the youth can see that we see them in this conversation and give them room to be a part of their own solution. So with my match recently, I'm very focused um, on her grades. Um, it's been a challenge, honestly, for me as mentor to release myself a bit around that she has to have um, A's and B's. And she's now a sophomore in college. She's clearly done well in her grades to get to where she is. And um, recently we were having a conversation about her grades. I thought they should be higher than they were. And she reminded me that what she wants is a college experience where she makes solid grades to keep her scholarships to be learning, but that she also wants an experience of college where she's volunteering, where she's giving back, where she's meeting new people and involved in some social groups on campus. And that may mean that she doesn't give all of her time to studying to have a solid straight A's, that she might be okay with some A's and B's because what she wants is also to be in connection with other students and in connection with service to community and that she needs to give time to that. 
when she framed it that way, for me, suddenly I found myself release this idea of, oh, okay, she's got this. She doesn't need straight A's. She just needs A's and B's and maybe a C every now and then, and I can live with that. It's going to keep her scholarship, and she's going to be this more rounded person that she has a goal to be for herself. So this, I share this example as just what lives in what I wanted and saw as the solution was focus on grades, be attentive to that, even at college. Um, and then the ability to shift and say, oh, there's more of an experience here that she wants, and she's going to be okay. So let's, what's all the solutions now that live there that we can create and how we, I support her in structuring her study time with her work time, with her volunteer time, and help navigate that to get to what she wants as the outcome. Mm-hmm. So this, the shift is what we're talking about from problem to outcome and the power of the question of first seeing the youth, acknowledging what's happening, and then saying, what is it you want? Yeah, and what a, what a powerful question I think about for many of these youth. They probably have not really been asked that question before. They've kind of been told what they want or what they need to do or how to move forward. But wow, what a powerful, it kind of stops you in the tracks when somebody says, what do you want? Like, wow, like, you want to know? You care? I, I think there's this importance of, like, caring and wanting to, to get into it. And so I, I think you hit on a few things of that, you know, we as mentors get trapped in, we may think we know what the youth wants, and so that check-in is a way to kind of reset. And I think for myself, too, there's this internal conflict, which I think maybe you hit on, too, of that what I want for the youth and what they want might be not this, might not be the same, and, and that can be tough sometimes to let go, where I think I know what's right because I'm older, more experienced, and whatnot, and the youth may not be... Um, and that's where a lot of challenge comes in. So how can I really listen to the youth, hear the youth, be with the youth, um, and definitely help provide um, the forward thinking of what happens from when we go down that path to get what it is that they want. And then sometimes saying, okay, I'm going to step away, let go, and be on this journey. And that doesn't necessarily mean that's the end destination, right? It's sometimes we have to go on that path, whatever that path is, long enough for them to have whatever experience they need to have, and then maybe there's a reset from there. Maybe it is back in a different direction. Maybe it's the original direction that I thought was best. Um, but if I'm always in conflict and strife, it's not going to create that relationship. And so sometimes we just, we know as adults, we have to have those experiences, maybe learn what's not what we really want or what we thought we want to then get back on pathways to what we really want. And starting to learn as mentors what's, What's the breadth of this idea of how do I let go and release myself a little bit as the mentor and what I want doesn't mean I'm being passive and saying, oh, yeah, you should go out and have unprotected sex and or you should go out and try um, meth and heroin and see if you like that experience. That's not the kind of releasing or letting go we're talking about. Um, we, we have to acknowledge when we listen to the response to the question of what do you want if there is limited thinking that the youth doesn't have enough experience to understand the consequences of what they're talking about. I can then be in a dialogue about what might be those consequences to help them think through the cause and effect. And so that's a very different example than Michelle, my mentee, saying, I I want to also have volunteer experiences at college, etc., right? Like all of that's within a healthy, safe development space for her there might be some areas that our youth go that aren't healthy development spaces 
but we can really listen to what it is that they do want. Are they wanting more play in their life? Because our youth don't have a lot of that in safe ways. Are they wanting to feel free of the stress in their life? Well, then let's teach them ways and bring a conversation in about all of the other ways that they can relieve stress, that drugs or sex or whatever isn't the only way. So this releasing is, instead of it being my way as the mentor, I can listen to what they want and now explore alternatives that become solutions instead of what's just wrong with their thinking about the issue. Yeah, so through that conversation, we can start to get clear on what is the outcome? What is it that they want? And then once we're clear on what it is that's wanted, we can then start to ask really constructive questions to help us to move forward. And I think about, you know, one really good question is, you know, what's taking place right now? What's happening right now that's working that is helping us or helping you to get where you want to go? So mm-hmm. instead of just quickly going, what's, what's wrong? What are the barriers? taking notice of what's what's happening right now that actually is really good and that we want to keep going or maybe keep developing or keep advancing. I also think about then from there we can start to say, okay, so then what are the things that are going wrong? What are some of those barriers that stand in the way that truly prevent you from getting what it is that you want now that we've had that conversation? Um, so what are the problems that we need to address to get closer to and clearer about Another powerful one that I love uh, is what are you learning about yourself in this process? Mm-hmm. It's so quick to be like, oh, it's a problem, and now we got to move forward, and something's wrong. It's a beautiful opportunity and moment to learn something. That's really where we grow is in the challenges and the problems and the issues that we, we have in life. I think these are really powerful questions then to ask after that question of what do you want, and then what's working to get you there, um, what's in the way. What are you learning along the way? And really making it about the journey and the self-discovery because that's what's going to create a healthy, functioning human being in our youth that contributes, which is tied back to pretty much why I hear any mentor tell us that they come to new pathways to mentor is to be a part of someone's journey so that they can be uh, their most successful, best self, whatever that is for that individual youth. So what I find in this process of shifting from problem-solving to outcome solution focused is it brings us back to the higher order of mentoring Mm -hmm. that we can remember why it is we became a mentor and gives ourselves a little bit more movement to not burn out by having to be the problem solver and the fixer and realize that our youth have a lot of this resilience this insight this wisdom they just live environments. They live in environments and they go to school in environments that may not be bringing it about in them. So how can we be the guide, the support, the nurturer, the encourager to do that? And then how does that build into our own resilience as mentors to get back to the higher order of it? Yeah, when you said that, you know, I thought about this idea of um, we're becoming creators and we're helping our youth to be creators and really... Um, allowing them to grow and to develop and and challenge them. And um, yeah, it's pretty powerful. So what we have brought to um, our mentors today, based on some of our own experience, our work here as mentors, but our work here as staff at New Pathways, is really starting to understand the power in the shift from problem solving to becoming more outcome or solutions focused. But the process of doing so that acknowledges, validates, builds connection, relationship, 
um, and begins to look forward and into the skill set, the resilience, the possibility that lives in my youth, but also lives in me as mentor to be in connection and to be in purpose of mentorship. So we have some call to actions for our mentors to put this shift in mindset in practice. Yeah, so I would invite all of the mentors, we would invite you to just really pay attention, just observe and notice where do you find yourself in that problem-solving space and maybe wanting to immediately jump in, what brings that about, what are you noticing, but it's starting to catch ourselves a little bit more. And when we catch ourselves, it's an invitation to maybe just take a breath and look at our youth and really look at them and remember that they have thoughts, feelings, and actions too. Uh, So how do we be in connection over our shared experience in that moment, not just my experience of feeling eager and anxious to fix? Yeah. And then I would invite you to also advise you to capture some questions about what can help you to make that shift, that conscious shift from problem-focused to being outcome-focused. And we shared some with you today in the podcast. And there's so many different types of questions that can help you to do that. And I love this practice, Mark, is inviting myself to remember what it is I want. So when I go into problem-solving with my mentee, oftentimes um, I forget what I want, which is for her to be her best self and to have a journey that she becomes self-sustaining, self-generating, self-managing in that process, not needing me to manage it for her. So when I can remember that, I'm always more apt to be coach and creator than I am problem solver. So this reflection on when I find myself in this, to invite myself to just say, what is it I really want right now? Mm-hmm. I love that. And then we invite you to have a conversation with your program coordinator over the next month and talk about what are you noticing about your maybe tendencies to jump into the problem and what are some ideas and things that you could do or have been doing to start to make that shift more consciously, more effectively, uh, quicker. So that way you can get to some really big, powerful conversations with your youth that really are going to help them to move forward. So with that, we say thank you for listening, and until next time, keep unleashing possibilities.